This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hey, listeners of the Heartland Daily Podcast. For today's episode, Heartland Institute Publications Director S.T. Karnick joined Chicago's PBS station to discuss Dr. Seuss. Check it out. Thanks, Brandis. The late author of classic children's books like The Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham is at the center of a so-called cancel culture controversy. Dr. Seuss Enterprises, which manages the author's legacy, announced last week that six books would no longer be published because they, quote, portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. They say the decision was made in consultation with educators and after reviewing the author's works. But while the move was welcomed by many, the decision has not sat well with everyone. And joining us to share their take on the controversy are Samuel Karnick, Senior Fellow and Director of Publications at the Heartland Institute, and Deborah Caldwell-Stone, director of the Chicago-based American Library Association's Office for Intellectual Freedom. Welcome both of you to Chicago tonight. Thank you. First, uh, Deborah Caldwell-Stone, remind us what it was in particular about these six books that caused such an uproar. Uh, Basically, it was a collection of images uh, that were racially offensive, um, both of African-American and Asian persons. Um, and so, as you said, the uh, Sousa State uh, reviewed these books with educators and determined that they just didn't want to move forward with these books. So they're going to allow them to go out of print and stop licensing them for future use. Um, and, you know, we have to emphasize what's important here is that they aren't asking anyone to stop reading them, taking them out of their personal collections or library collections or schools. They just made a decision that they wanted to be more responsible to their the communities they serve and to celebrate the, the, the for the children that they serve. Samuel uh, Karnick, the, I'm sorry, Samuel Karnick, your reaction to the move by uh, Seuss Enterprises uh, to do as uh, uh, Miss uh, uh, Caldwell Stone said is to, to discontinue the publication of them. Well, it's certainly understandable. They. But we have to bear in mind that this is actually a decision by a private organization that that has come to the conclusion that given the controversy over the author's other works that he did during World War, uh, leading up to and during World War II, uh, that a target was going to be on their backs. And they made a financial decision here to throw uh, six of the books out in hopes that the entire canon wouldn't be uh, ultimately canceled. And that's what really happened here. It's sort of like uh, people escaping from a pack of wolves in a sleigh, sleigh, and they throw a a dog out to the wolves and hope that uh, they'll be able to get away. So you're saying this was a preemptive move to perhaps prevent a a bigger cancellation of Dr. Seuss. Uh, Deborah Caldwell-Stone, as someone who works with the American Library Association, you saw Chicago Public Library saying that as soon as the holds and the, and the reservations on these books are over, they're going to take them out of circulation. What's your guidance for libraries and how to deal with these books? Well, our guidance has always been that the decision by the Sousa State to stop publishing the books in the future is not a reason for libraries to take them out of the collections. And in fact, Paris, we're seeing a, a whole range of responses from libraries. A number of libraries are simply allowing them to stay on the shelf, and Naperville is one of those library systems that's doing that. 
Um, and I want to be accurate about what Chicago Public is doing. They're, once they honor the holds, they're going to pull the books for review. And there's a number of things that could result from that. Every library has a written collection development policy that dictates what's in the collection and how they curate it. And they may well decide that these books belong in a research collection. And in fact, I'm aware that Chicago Public does have a good research collection for children's literature. Um, other libraries are saying they're not going to feature or highlight these books during stories time, but they will remain available for those families that do want to read them. It's so Samuel, I'm sorry, Samuel Karnick, you know, a lot of commentators on the right are saying that this is a part of the broader, quote unquote, cancel culture. Although, is, is that an accurate term to use here when, as you mentioned, it's a private organization, uh, Seuss Enterprises, that that made this decision, or would it be cancel culture if libraries and, and other organizations decided to just do away with the book? Well, it is it is a it is censorship. Uh, they're censoring it themselves, and that's perfectly legitimate. Uh, censorship isn't always done by governments. We self censor. Uh, anybody who writes a book and doesn't publish it is self censoring that book. Uh, that's perfectly a reasonable thing to do. But what's going on here, though, is that. This is a, an outcome of our current copyright laws. Uh, the fact is that the, these, uh, these documents should not be under copyright anyway. And the Seuss estates should have no authority over them as it is. Originally, copyright was, was 14 years with a 14-year renewal. And then uh, 40 years later, it was made 28 years with a 14-year renewal. But then when Walt Disney's uh, copyright on... on uh, Mickey Mouse started to get close to uh, being uh, ended. Uh, we got the copyrights uh, extended and extended until now they're uh, the life of the author plus uh, what, 75 years? And uh, that's a, right now we're at the point where everything is under copyright until the year uh, through 1926. So and saying, Mickey Mouse was 1928. So we're going to get another extension of copyright. So you're but saying a, be... a bigger issue here is, is, is copyright law and maybe not necessarily cancel culture or, or censorship. Uh, Deborah Caldwell-Stone, uh, what about where, what is the best way to deal with not just Dr. Seuss books and, and these kinds of interpretations, but other books obviously have problems because of the historical context they were written in. Think about Huckleberry Finn or even Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. What do libraries do about that? Well, what libraries do is they expand the canon, they expand their collection. There's such a wealth of children's literature today that celebrates uh, the diverse uh, experiences of children and their families, um, and that uh, don't confront children with racist images that could be uh, hurtful or traumatizing for them as they read the books with their parents or even on their own. So uh, libraries are really devoted to uh, expanding their collections to include these books that celebrate the diverse experience of African-American children, Asian children, children of all experiences. And, and uh, frankly, you know, elevating these voices. We, for too long, we have centered one, the white experience at the, with our children's literature. And it's incumbent upon us as uh, an institutions of, uh, that serve the needs of the community to elevate the voices of these in, uh, of diverse communities and make sure that they're reflected in the collections that they find in their libraries. And Samuel Carnick, we only have a few seconds left, but do you believe, is there some 
benefit to keeping books like these Dr. Seuss books around uh, so kids are exposed to perhaps what folks thought at the time, whether right or wrong? Absolutely, there is. Ignorance is not a, a good thing. And uh, people need knowledge and information about what the world around them looks like. And to hide it from people is foolish. Children are able to assimilate and understand these things. There's plenty that they can't quite understand, but they'll get there. Uh, the free, the, giving people freedom to, to read and uh, watch and hear what, they, what is out there is a good thing. And we should never forget that. All right. A good discussion. And our thanks to Samuel Karnick and Deborah Caldwell-Stone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Paris.